It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Your team, every single day of the week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday throughout the season, I'll be here answering your Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. Either at me, at Julian Council, or DM me, at Julian Council. But first, follow me, at Julian Council. Let's go ahead and get into it. On Sunday, I was working my day job with NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network, where I was not able to sit there and watch every single play of the Carolina Panthers 25-3 loss against the New York football Giants. A game when I saw earlier this morning where the Giants did not have Kenny Galladay, did not have Sterling Shepard, did not have Saquon Barkley. A game I said the Carolina Panthers cannot possibly lose to this Giants team, which was then met by plenty of people saying, Have you met these Carolina Panthers? This team most certainly can lose to the New York Giants. And by golly, did they do it. The Giants, a team that had to go into full pads this week because Joe Judge, this fake tough guy who's trying to be Bill Belichick because he was a former Pat special teams coordinator, after a 1-5 and star, he's got these guys in pads to inspire them. And they came out inspired. The Carolina Panthers offense was miserable once again against a team. This is the second time in three weeks they go up against a defense that was atrocious in the weeks prior, and they can't do a single thing offensively. Matt Rule talked about they need to find an identity, that they need to figure out what they're going to be. He comes out on Monday and says, we're going to run the football. That's who we're going to be. 17 runs to 49 pass attempts on Sunday. The goal was 33 runs, and they got to just half of that. And seven of those runs came in the first series of the game where the Carolina Panthers settled for three points, the only three points that they scored all day long. There is still no offensive identity for the Carolina Panthers. They still look lost as they have now lost four straight games All coming without Christian McCaffrey, who very clearly is the Carolina Panthers offense this season with Sam Darnold as the Carolina Panthers quarterback. And let's go ahead and just get right into it. Sam Darnold, the Carolina Panthers decided back in April to trade a second round pick, a fourth round pick, and a sixth round pick for the New York Jets quarterback who was drafted third overall out of USC. A quarterback who had more turnovers than games played. 
a quarterback who was completely, utterly lost in New York for three seasons with the Jets. He was famously caught on tape saying, I'm seeing ghosts in a Monday night football game against the New England Patriots. That was the quarterback that the Carolina Panthers sold this fan base on as being the guy who could be the future because he was young, because he has talent in all of this, that he could come here under Joe Brady with Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, these weapons in this offense, that he could have success. They looked at the tape, and what they saw was a guy that they could win with. At least that's what they want you to believe. The Carolina Panthers made it very obvious, and more so David Tepper, and we'll get into him here in this podcast. We're not really breaking down a game. We're breaking down the state of the organization as the Panthers are 3-4, and four, and they look like they're back to square one when it comes with the quarterback position, a place where I always knew they would be when it came to Sam Darnold. David Tepper, two weeks left in the season, last year decides Marty Herney, who should have never been the general manager here in Carolina when Tepper took over and decided to move on from Ron Rivera. He kept him for the experience and whatever because he likes the meatballs and he's got a little drinking buddy. I don't know what the deal was, but he kept Marty Herney here for a season. Two weeks left in the season, they decide to mutually part ways where he goes out and talks about always being in pursuit of that franchise quarterback, that Super Bowl winning quarterback. And if you don't have them, you got to go find them. Teddy Bridgewater very clearly wasn't that guy. And we knew from day one when the Carolina Panthers decided to sign him to a three-year, $60 million contract that Teddy Bridgewater would not be the long-term answer. Maybe he could be a bridge quarterback. But after one season where the defense was atrocious, the kicking game was terrible, the offensive line was abysmal, and Chris McCaffrey missed 13 games, the Carolina Panthers decided to scapegoat Teddy Bridgewater, who had proven when you have a team around him, like he had in New Orleans a year prior, you can win with him. Goes 5-0. and When he will have a team with him, around him, back in 2015, when he was with the Minnesota Vikings, you can win with him. But no, the Carolina Panthers in year one of a new head coach and a new play caller, an OC who had not called plays but was considered a genius because Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire were better than everybody in the country in college football. But it was all Joe Brady. LSU for years could not figure out how to find an offensive scheme to unleash their talent. But finally, they had a guy who came and helped them out, and those players made plays. But that apparently made Joe Brady a guy who needed to be an NFL OC and clearly knew everything on God's green earth about football. So Matt Rule hires him. And the offense last year actually wasn't bad. But this year, it's been atrocious. Sam Darnold was supposed to be an upgrade here in Carolina. And I said that day when they traded for him, and even before they traded for him, that I did not see Sam Darnold being an upgrade. I thought that he was not even a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. Back when he was in college at USC, didn't have a better career than Teddy Bridgewater. And throughout three seasons in the NFL, as a franchise quarterback in New York, he was not better than Teddy Bridgewater. But all I heard about was it was Adam Gase's fault. It's the He didn't have any weapons, no protection. It was all Gase's fault. How about now? Yes, it's very true that Adam Gase should never be in charge of an NFL offense ever again. But it's also true that Sam Darnold cannot play. A couple weeks in a season, he can have a good month. So could Kyle Allen. 
But over time, you find out that this guy, much like Kyle Allen, is not a franchise quarterback. I wanted to wait, be patient, give the man an opportunity to prove that he actually could be the answer here in Carolina. I even thought that maybe this could be a two-year tryout for him and that he could be more than a one-and-done quarterback because it's never good for an organization to go from one quarterback to another quarterback every single season. But that's the position the Carolina Panthers have put themselves in by gambling and I put that in quotes on Sam Darnold because it wasn't a gamble. It was always a bad bet because he cannot play. He has never been able to play in this league, but yet all I heard was excuse after excuse after excuse. And certainly those can be reasons why he struggled. But the number one reason why Sam Darnold struggled in New York is because he is not a good quarterback in the National Football League. Point blank. That's where we're at. Sam Darnold is never going to lead the Carolina Panthers or any of the 31 other organizations in the National Football League to success over a 16, well, now 17-game schedule. It's not going to happen. He does not have it in him, and that was obvious to anyone who sat there and watched him play for the past three years. But apparently to the Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer, it was not obvious to them. They thought like many coaches before them, that they had the hubris and the intelligence to fix Sam Darnold. You can't fix what's unfixable. Sam Darnold was a broken ego quarterback. He has a great arm. His footwork's terrible. His decision-making's terrible. These are all things that you saw back when he played at Southern California when everyone was saying, oh, this guy's going to be a Heisman candidate. USC's going to go to the playoff. They didn't do either one of those things. He finally made it to New York. But then he got out of it. In his return to New York, he looked just like the quarterback that he looked like the last three years with the Jets. And the Carolina Panthers decided that it was time to see if they could get a spark from P.J. Walker, which I hear Matt Rule when he says that. We are also a week removed from this same quarterback and this same offense struggling for 53 minutes against the Minnesota Vikings and Darnold bringing them back to tie the game and send it into overtime. So if he could do that last week, why couldn't he do that again this week? Matt Rule didn't believe in him. They don't have confidence in his quarterback, which was obvious when they came out there and they talked about on Monday wanting to run the football because all the bad things happen in the passing game, like the safety today where Sam Darnold, you can blame the offensive line, had a receiver wide open in the flat and, and the interception in the red zone where he had Chuba Hubbard underneath wide open, but he forced it when there was no one open downfield and the former Carolina Panther, James Bradbury, got the pick. The Carolina Panthers made a terrible decision when bringing Sam Darnold here. I told you day one, and I always knew that I'd be right here having this conversation with you. And yes, I was right. Yes, I have an ego where I'm kind of like, ha, ha, I told you. But it's also very frustrating when I knew back then, like with Bridgewater, This was never going to work out here in Carolina, and now people are frustrated. The Panthers have lost four games, and there are still 10 games left to go, and theres I don't see how it's possible to feel good about the Carolina Panthers going to any game moving forward as long as Sam Donald is their quarterback. Matt Rule is to be blamed here. Scott Fitter is to be blamed here but also David Tepper. And we'll get into that here in just a moment. The Panthers fall once again on Sunday on the road at MetLife Stadium to New York Giants, 25-3. Take a quick pause here on Locked on Panthers. We'll get into who else is to blame for the terrible quarterback situation that we all have to sit here and watch week in and week out in Carolina. 
Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no longer juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required contents vary by package we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93 of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed The Carolina Panthers offense has no identity. They had eight offensive series without a first down on Sunday afternoon against the Giants. I didn't even know that an NFL offense was capable of doing something that bad. But here we are with the Carolina Panthers. Through seven weeks, the last four without Christian McCaffrey, the Carolina Panthers offense can do absolutely nothing positive. Robbie Anderson can't catch the football. DJ Moore has basically been taken out of the last couple games as teams have shifted his side, knowing that he's the only threat out wide for the Carolina Panthers through the first seven weeks of the season, especially not having Christian McCaffrey to have to count for out of the backfield as a receiver. A lot of defenses don't feel threatened. Now, things might change. McCaffrey comes back. You certainly would hope so, considering the state of the Carolina Panthers offense without him throughout the last four weeks. The quarterback position here in Carolina it is a massive problem. I've already said that. I knew this day was going to come. I told you this. I remember getting a negative review being like, oh, well, this guy just talks about how Sam Darnold's not good. Why doesn't he spend more time talking about how Sam Darnold could be good? Because I'm not going to sit here and lie when I never thought he would be good. I certainly understood why the Panthers thought that potentially with what they put around him, that things could be good here in Carolina. But there's plenty of questions to ask about Joe Brady and whether he truly is the genius that everyone claims for him to be. And I have said this. I have been skeptical of Joe Brady in his supposed offensive mastermind and mastery since the LSU National Championship. Look at what Joe Burrow's done so far in the NFL. The Bengals put it on the Ravens today. He had 400 yards passing. His wide receiver, Jamar Chase, another first rounder, had 200 yards receiving. Justin Jefferson, you saw what he did last year when he should have been the offensive rookie of the year. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, when he's been healthy for the Chiefs, you see what he's done? They also, by the way, had the best offensive line in the country at LSU that season. Joe Brady, no doubt, can have a bright future in football. But his experience level was not very high. He had certainly worked under guys like Joe Moorhead back at Penn State. He had worked under Sean Payton at New Orleans, where he did not even have an on-field role. Joe, uh, excuse me, Ed Ogeron went out down to LSU, not down to New Orleans, 
found out who Joe Brady was, brought him to LSU, and he tried to do everything he could to fix that offense. And with the help of Steve Ensminger, who was the primary play caller that season at LSU, and an LSU legend, a former quarterback at the university, he was able to be able to implement his offense with the offense that the Saints ran and put it into college and help guys like Terrace Marshall, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and even Randy Moss's kid have the best offensive season what we've ever had in college football. Now, was that all Joe Brady? No. He certainly had influence on the offense. He was not the play caller. Remember that. And that was my thing. Brady's not calling the plays here. It's one season of everything working out perfectly for LSU. And there's a great argument to be had that, hey, LSU... They certainly miss Joe Brady because what you've seen the last couple of seasons, Ed Ogeron will no longer be the head coach down there in Baton Rouge following the season. There's plenty of things off the field that have also led to Coach O not staying there as the head coach of LSU's football program following this season. But it's not all Joe Brady. The players make the plays. Coaches far too often receive too much of the credit and too much of the blame. I always think back to what Roy Williams, a Hall of Fame coach from the University of North Carolina, three-time national champion, what he always said. Yes, he won a ton of games, but he won those games because of the players that he had. No coach, no matter how good they are, is going to win anything without good players. And your players might not be highly rated, but you got to develop and all that kind of stuff. No one goes out there and wins, especially in this league and really in college football, without upper echelon talent. And the Panthers certainly have enough talent to where they should be having more success than that we're ha- they're having. And so far, that has not happened because the offense line, they can't protect. And the receivers outside of DJ Moore have disappeared this year. But primarily, the quarterback is just not good enough to execute the offense and to help this team win. And the fact that their offense has been this bad without McCaffrey just proves that Sam Darnold cannot get it done. And Sam Darnold shouldn't even be here in a situation. I'm not so much as upset with Sam Darnold because he's not good. I've always known he wasn't good. I'm upset with Rule and for Fitterer for looking at the tape being like, oh, that's the guy we should go get. And I'm also very upset with the owner, David Tepper. A man who, I get it, spent $2.25 billion liquid. That's straight cash, folks. That's money that we're never going to see. David Tepper spent that. He's the richest owner in the NFL. He never wants to have his team at a disadvantage. I applaud him for, when he first got here, reworking the business side of the organization as... um, the former owner, Jerry Richardson, was running it like a mom-and-pop shop off of Highway 9 in South Carolina. To now, David Tepper is running it like a Fortune 500 company on Wall Street in New York. Night and day difference to how they operate now to how they used to operate under Richardson. And I also give him credit for being patient and giving a coach like Ron Rivera an opportunity to try and fix things, even though I did not like that he made Rivera go to a 3-4 defense and try and change that in one offseason and then have Rivera be the play caller, then to have the disrespect to fire him with four weeks left in the season and on a Tuesday of all days when that's his day off. I did not like that, but I give him credit for at least giving Time and being patient when it came to the business side of things and the football operations. I'll never understand why he kept Murdy Herney around. I can, in a way, I get why maybe it made sense to keep Herney around for one more year just based off of the experience. But you don't need to have Herney be your babysitter for a season and try and figure out how to run an NFL organization. That's why you hire people. So you should have hired someone else other than Marty Herney. I wonder where this organization might be had Herney not been here. But certainly... 
The Teddy Bridgewater decision is on Matt Rule, and a decision to bring in Sam Darnold is on Matt Rule, and I would even put it on Scott Fitterer. Matt Rule, by the way, gets the final call and final say on personnel decisions here at the Carolina Panthers. But it's also on David Tepper, who could not bear to watch Teddy Bridgewater play quarterback for the Carolina Panthers for one more season. And I understand. You saw Cam Newton get off to the 6-2 start, his shoulder fall apart. You have to watch Taylor Heineke. You got to watch Kyle Allen in the Cam Foot situation. You have to watch Bridgewater last year, PJ Walker. And it, things haven't been the way I'm certainly sure he would have liked to see them, especially after spending all that time as a minority owner for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are the beacon outside of New England in the last 20 years. But really, in the NFL history, they are the beacon of consistency and success in the National Football League and stability, which the Carolina Panthers have not had. And David Tepper, certainly, when you look at just where they are in alignment from the owner to the general manager to the to the scouts to the head coach and all that, they are aligned like they've never been before. And I like the front office setup, and I think that they will have success. And I'm not quite sure I'm sold on the head coach, but I'm going to wait to evaluate him next season when traditionally we've seen Matt Rule, when he's been at Temple and Baylor, and we talked about this, have that big leap in, in year three. And if it does not come, then we have a problem here in Carolina. But one of the biggest problems, too, could be the owner. Ownership is one of the biggest competitive advantages in professional sports. Never forget that. The Carolina Panthers do not have an owner who's patient enough to sit here and watch a rookie quarterback develop over potentially three seasons. Now, some guys like Justin Herbert, they come out immediately and show that they are the guy. Some guys like Josh Allen, they take a couple years and then they blow up and show that they are the guy. And sometimes you have situations like Mitch Trubisky where it never happens. Or, you know, with Sam Darnold where it never happens even when he goes to another organization. David Tepper is as much to blame for this as Matt Rule and Fitterer are. If anything, he might be the primary person to blame because they tried to get Matthew Stafford. Didn't work out. I don't think Stafford wanted to come here anyway, especially now that the Rams are off to a 6-1 and start and he's got to be thrilled to be playing in Sean McVay's offense with the defense that was number one defense in the league in an organization that has proven over the last five years of Les Snead as their general manager that they are trying to win a Super Bowl at all costs. That's what they're trying to do down there in L.A. So I just don't I, – I, it's – Tepper doesn't want to be patient enough. So they try to get Mc, Stafford. Didn't work out. They want to get Watson, the 22 civil lawsuits of sexual misconduct, got misconduct, excuse me, and all that. That comes up. Houston also wasn't answering the phone because they were just being pestered by the Panthers and they were annoyed by it. So then they land on Sam Darnold because they had to do something else, right? They couldn't bring back Teddy because I understand fans wouldn't have been happy about that, but mainly David Tepper didn't watch it. And I was always someone who said that I felt like what the Carolina Panthers needed to focus on was building the roster, trying to fix the offensive line, and having it in a position where they can be a quarterback away. The Carolina Panthers, even as they're currently constructed, are not a quarterback away. You can put whoever in this offense, but you're going to have a limited ceiling with this offensive line. That's just the case. And special teams also has not been good enough. The Carolina, And then if DJ Moore is the only guy on the outside who's making plays for you, you have a problem. The Carolina Panthers do. But David Tepper's willingness, not unwillingness to sit here and watch Teddy Bridgewater for another year has now the Carolina Panthers on the hook for $18.9 million for Sam Darnold in 2022 when he should not be their starting quarterback. That's the owner's fault. They could have had Cam Newton last year and then had nothing on the books going into this past offseason. 
They decided to get Teddy Bridgewater. They could have kept Teddy Bridgewater this year and had nothing on the books going into this upcoming offseason, but they decided that they want to go get Sam Darnold. And now the Carolina Panthers are stuck with a contract that is going to be immovable. At least Bridgewater had the background of success in certain organizations throughout his career to where someone like the Denver Broncos would be willing to trade for him. What team is going to be stupid enough to trade for Sam Darnold? Remember, there was only one team out there in the National Football League that even wanted to trade for Sam Darnold with the Jets. That team is the Carolina Panthers. Now they have him, a four-game losing streak, and there's little recourse for the rest of the season when it comes to the quarterback position. And no, P.J. Walker is not the answer. So what do the Carolina Panthers do now moving forward? That's the key question. I'll get into that here in just a moment as Carolina Panthers again fall to New York Giants 25-3, to one of the more embarrassing losses in franchise history. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now using promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Hey, y'all, you already know Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low Low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. So many flavors. Another great thing about Built Bar, there are so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, Built Bar is coming out with a new limited-time flavor every three to four days. So check out their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So where do the Carolina Panthers go from here? It's a conversation that we're seemingly having to have every single week as the Carolina Panthers have now dropped four straight. And the loss in Minnesota wasn't very surprising when you look at just how the team was playing and also the Vikings' capabilities on offense. And they certainly showed those by putting up nearly 600 yards of offense on the Panthers' defense that spent pretty much the entire day on the field. The loss of the Eagles was inexplicable. And the loss of Dallas was also one of those that you should not be surprised about playing a good team on the road. And it was a third quarter that just got away from the Carolina Panthers as Sam Donald threw an interception. He's now thrown seven interceptions over the last four weeks. He also had a safety today and he has just not taken care of the football, which is something that plagued him back in New York and something that has once again plagued him here in Carolina and has a lot of people, including myself, now firmly believing that Sam Donald is not the answer long term here for the Carolina Panthers. Surprise, surprise, surprise. So what now? 
What do the Carolina Panthers do now? There's 10 weeks left in the season. They're three and four. And if we're just, if we're honestly going to sit back and recognize again, it's a week to week league. I say this all the time on the show. Season's not over. The Panthers are a middling team in the NFL. It now feels like they're a bad team. I don't have much confidence in this team moving forward in any single game. Next week against the Atlanta Falcons, a team who I felt like going into the season, there was no way they were going to lose to. I the, Falcons are now three and three. They get a win against the lowly Miami Dolphins, a team that Carolina is going to have to play later on in the season. And I would think the Carolina Panthers could win that game. But I have no idea. Miami's in trade talks potentially with the Texans to get Deshaun Watson. The Carolina Panthers have also... Apparently, they're interested, according to a source that Joe Person of The Athletic talked to. And that's also a conversation I'm not trying to have. Again, 22 civil lawsuits. We should not be talking about whether Deshaun Watson is going to play football. We need to figure out whether he's innocent or guilty. And, of course, in this country, innocent until proven guilty. But that's a pretty big number to just it all have been a lie. Just saying. But my official position when it comes to Deshaun Watson is... Carolina Panthers would be insane to do that deal, and that's that's the end of it. I don't want to have really any more of a conversation with it unless it comes to fruition. I don't want to talk about it. That's just where I lay. That's where I sit here. So the Carolina Panthers got to move forward at quarterback with either Sam Donald or PJ Walker, and quite frankly, it's got to be Sam Donald. Matt Rule said out to the game that Sam Donald is still our quarterback. He wanted to get a spark, even though Donald had brought them back last week and pretty much single handedly. Got that game into overtime with that 96-yard drive. And I gave him a ton of credit for dragging that team all the way back and giving them an opportunity to win that football game. And a coin toss, unfortunately, goes to the Minnesota Vikings way. And the defense had been out there all day, just couldn't get off the field, and the Carolina Panthers needed them to do it. It's not the defense's fault. It's certainly the offense's fault for not doing anything at all and not being able to even live up to the expectations that they had coming into the season or even match what they did last year when Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback and Mike Davis was the primary running back as Chris McCaffrey missed 13 games of the season. But Mike, but Darnold has to be the quarterback moving forward. The Panthers made this decision to bring in Sam Darnold, and they made a mistake by picking up the fifth-year option. So they're stuck with this salary that no one's going to want in the NFL. Darnold's got to figure it out. He's got to find a way to bounce back. I wanted to see if Sam Donald, when, they, when I knew he could have good weeks, and I honestly felt like he would have the best year of his career this year. And I still think he probably will, because he can't be worse than he was in New York. But he's been pretty bad so far after the first three weeks. That showed a lot of promise, particularly that second half on that Thursday night football game against the Houston Texans, where the Panthers didn't have Christian McCaffrey and had to lean on Sam Donald. The quarterback, the coaches don't have any confidence in this quarterback at all. There's no way they have any confidence in him. They did back earlier in the season, but now as the game plan goes, they don't have confidence in him. And pulling him late in the game shows they don't have confidence in him. Franchise quarterbacks don't get pulled in the fourth quarter of games where it's two possessions. You go down the field and score two touchdowns and win. That just does not happen. And Sam Brown is not a franchise quarterback, but he's their guy. He's the guy that Matt Rule went out there and chose. He's the guy that they scapegoated Teddy Bridgewater and gave him $31 million for one season or paying a majority of his contract there in Denver this season. That's what they, they got rid of him for, for Sam Darnold. They got to stick with him. This is their guy. PJ Walker. I get that fans want to see him. The most popular guy in the NFL cities. Oftentimes is the backup quarterback, especially when the starter's struggling PJ Walker. I like him as a developmental guy, as potentially a guy who could be a good backup in this league. He ain't a franchise quarterback either. He's not a starting quarterback in this league and there's no reason to put him out there. It really isn't, in my opinion, unless it, gets so, it, gets, it has to get so bad to the point where Sam Darnold literally is unplayable. And right now, Sam Darnold's not quite there yet. It's unplayable. It's their job to salvage this kid. 
They thought that they were smart enough and good enough uh, coaches that they could do it. And Matt Rule said it's our job to make Sam better. Okay, if it's your job, then do it. It's Joe Brady's job, right? It's Sean Ryan's job too, right? Go out there and do it then. Because y'all, this is, the, this is the bed you made. This is the decision that they made, and they got to live with it. The rest of the season, they need to be playing Sam Darnold. And things, I think, will get better when they get Christian McCaffrey out there. But P.J. Walker's not the answer. Sam Darnold's not either. But this is the quarterback they got to move on. They got to move with. I, I, that's just the case with, that's how it is for me. They just got to keep playing them. Figure it out. It's ridiculous that we're here. It was predictable that we'd be here and that we're wasting another season here in Carroll. And it's not, it's not necessarily a waste. It's not necessarily a waste. Like it's still the expectation, at least for me. And I think for anyone who's realistic was that this was a team that would take a bigger step than they had last year. The defense has certainly come a long way. There's plenty of pieces on that defense that should have you excited for the, the coming years. DJ Moore, God bless that man having to deal with another bad quarterback. He's someone who's going to be a part of that offense. And hopefully Christian McCaffrey, comes back healthy, can remain healthy and be a big part of this offense, even though that contract is a terrible decision by the Carolina Panthers. And Robbie Anderson, I don't know what to say about him. In the offensive line, outside of Taylor Moten, I just don't know what you have there. Brady Christensen, I didn't really get a lot of time to focus on what he did at left tackle, but I know he did get beat a couple times today. I don't know if necessarily he's the answer there, but he is a guy that they draft and someone that they need to develop. There are plenty of things to be excited about the Carolina Panthers, but the Panthers will only go as far as the offensive line and quarterback take them. And right now, those are by far the two weakest points of this team. There's no way to fix the offensive line this season. And honestly, there's no way to fix the quarterback this season. This is what they are. This is who they're going to be for the next 10 weeks. You just got to hope that somehow Sam Darnold can figure things out, can take care of the football, that this team actually can commit to running the football and that Chuba Hubbard can do it in the absence of Christian McCaffrey. Then when Christian comes back, that things can start clicking. Atlanta next week, a house of horrors it's been for the Carolina Panthers when they've been playing back at the Georgia Dome and now the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's a winnable game. It is. New England in a couple weeks at home where I'm sure we'll have a ton of Patriot fans there, Bank of America Stadium in Uptown Charlotte. It's also a winnable game. The Dolphins game is a winnable game. There are still winnable games on this roster, on this schedule, excuse me. Are they going to get to my 8-9 win total? I don't know. I don't know. And in playoffs, <laughs> Darnold ain't taking this team to the playoffs. I just, I don't see it. You know, I wanted to believe that with the defense and then if you got McCaffrey back and all that and Shaq Thompson and adding Stephon Gilmore that, you know, it's a possibility. And hey, it's still a possibility. This quarterback's not good enough to do that. It's tough. I, don't, I'm not telling, don't quit on the season. I'm not, I'm not saying it's farmer's market time yet. Be excited that the Hornets are 3-0. We already saw what happened to a 3-0 team here in Charlotte this season when it comes to the Panthers. I'm not saying that's the fate of the Charlotte Hornets. God bless. Please don't let that happen. I can't. My soul can't take it. Thank God the Braves in the World Series. It's it's tough. It's bad. And I hate I don't I hate to be overly negative on the podcast, but it's just it's just where we are. It's just where we are right now with the Carolina Panthers. We're sitting here in a, another season of Carolina Panthers football, year season 27, and going on basically year 10 of a bad offensive line and year three of just a bad situation at quarterback. And there just does not seem to be any answer in sight for the Carolina Panthers, at least this season. Not ready to give up on rule, but I, there's, I don't believe in Joe Brady at all as a play caller. I don't believe in this quarterback at all. 
And I believe in the defense, but they can only do so much. And when I was listening, driving up to uh, Concord to the studio, and I was listening to Mick Mixon on the radio with Jim Zoki and, uh, of course, with Eugene Robinson. And they were just talking about, you know, we got to find a, the defense got to find a way to find a way. It can't be on the defense to go out there and score touchdowns. That's not their job. Getting turnovers, all that kind of stuff, that'd be great. But when they've done that and set up the offense in plus territory, more times than not, they fail to convert those. The offense has got to do something. The identity is Christian McCaffrey. Matt Rule can talk about wanting to run the football, that kind of stuff. No. This offense, at least this season, with this quarterback at the helm, the only thing they can do is throw the football to DJ Moore and hope that Christian McCaffrey can bail them out. Because that's that's the only way Carolina's moving winning games moving forward, at least with the offense playing at any sort of level that is close to competent here in the National Football League. Again, the Carolina Panthers, another frustrating Sunday, lose to New York Giants. 25-3. Congratulations to Charlotte's own Daniel Jones, by the way, who didn't have all that around him today. No Galladay, no Barkley, no Sterling Shepard, no Kadarius Toney. Four offensive line changes from week one and still was able to go out there and win a football game. That's overcoming what's around you. And I heard a couple weeks ago all the excuses made for Sam Darnold, what he didn't have around him. It was terrible today. But Daniel Jones, without all of that, was able to go out there and get the job done today. That's all you need to know when it comes to Sam Donald and whether he has the ability to be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. The answer is no. Hell no. All right, that wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. <sighs> Rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to this show and all your favorite shows across Locked On Podcast Network. Rate, review, subscribe. I already just said that. I'm, folks, I'm I just, I'm so upset. This is ridiculous. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, uh, where you need to tweet at me every single Friday, or you can DM me at Julian Council for our weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Uh, people ask me on Twitter, hey, is the podcast canceled? You said you'd cancel it. If the Panthers lost to the Giants, you would have nothing for us. Well, it's not canceled. I have not resigned yet, but I will be looking to resign very soon if the Carolina Panthers continue to do this because I cannot sit here every Sunday and watch this tragedy. All right, talk to you Monday. We'll hear what Matt Rule has to say. I guess actually I'll talk to you Tuesday. We'll hear what Matt Rule has to say about the Panthers' loss. I'm sure it'll be the defense's fault. It won't be the quarterback, of course. All right, guys, take care. Good Lord, keep pounding. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.